The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So, welcome to our 2019 series, Back to Basics. Back to Basics. Now, this is a January tradition in all of our churches and centers around the world that we return in this fledgling month of a new yearly cycle to the very foundational truths upon which this incredible teaching, the science of mind and spirit, uh, is built. And so I'm so glad you're a part of that. Our topics will be the thing itself, the way it works, what it does, and how to use it. And those are the titles of the four introductory chapters in the seminal classic work of Dr. Ernest Holmes called The Science of Mind. Not a book I recommend for beginners, since I know we've got a lot of new folks here, um, but after a class or so, you'll be able to dive right into that. It's rich, and it is powerful, and our topic today is The Thing Itself. And we'll talk more about that. But this is a great opportunity in this series for a review and a re-enchantment to those of you who are veterans of this teaching. Um, What I know about the basics is that they are not elementary. In fact, there is a depth and a power in these things we call the basics that you could explore um, all the rest of your life. Uh, They're that powerful. And understand that mastering or teaching is not about intellectually understanding it. It's about taking that awareness and embodying it and living it, practicing it. So welcome to this review for those of you who've been around a while. And I'm elated if you're a guest or you're new, you're checking out this teaching. I'm elated you're here. It's going to tell you more about how the universe works, how it's safe, how you're designed to succeed, how you're designed to shine your light. And uh, it's a real great blessing. So welcome to us all. I think what we're all really seeking at one point or another in our lives is a sense of greater power. Uh, in our life. The challenge is, though, when we go seeking this sense of personal empowerment uh, in interesting ways and through interesting models. One of my favorite stories is of a guy who finished a book called Man of the House. And as he finished the last page, he slapped that book closed and he put it down and he walked dynamically into the kitchen and he said to his wife, all right, I want you to know that I am the man of the house and my word is law. She looked shocked and he said, so... Tonight, I expect you to prepare for me a gourmet dinner. And after I enjoy my dinner, I expect to enjoy a sumptuous dessert. Now, following my dessert, you are to draw me a warm bath for me to relax in. And guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? And she smiled. She said, well, the funeral director would be my guest. (laughs) So we need to find out what is a true empowerment and what is authentic power in our lives. Let's give a little background uh, before we tee up some of the basic principles. Our founder, his name is Dr. Ernest Holmes. Ernest had a great passion to discover and teach the shared principles underlying all the religions and the world's spiritual paths. Now, he did his work from approximately 1919 to 1960. And he he passionately believed that the universal spiritual principles he was expressing in this teaching could, could reunite us 
with the transformative and healing powers in every one of us and return us to our higher path of destiny, both individually uh, and as a species. And so in doing this, he initially set up an educational institute. And in this institute, he, it was designed for teaching and research. And that, by the way, is why we are so passionate about our Science of Mind and Spirit courses. They are our earliest tradition because he knew that this is a teaching that can be learned, and moreover, as a practical spirituality, it can be used in every area of our lives. And so he knew it had to be taught. There's a whole lot we have to unlearn, and then a lot that we have to learn. And so our courses are where we get to do that deeper work. And, and so he set up that, in, that educational institute, and only later, and somewhat reluctantly, he agreed to the founding of a spiritual movement. However, he was very clear that it needed to be unique and different. Unique in that it, was, it should be blessing the truths in all faiths. And, and different in that it must remain open at the top for greater revelation and understanding. It was very clear that the divine was continuing to uh, unfold more inspiration through us as we evolve. And so that's why we research uh, related uh, areas of expertise, much like spiral dynamics that I'm going to be teaching, so linked with this wonderful teaching. Open at the top. Let's not get stuck. Let's keep growing while we also stand on some basic principles. I think he was very clear. He knew, as I sometimes uh, jokingly say, that you can't... It's difficult to teach an old dogma new tricks. So, you see, we've got to stay open at the top. So, <clears throat> our movement is called Centers for Spiritual Living. We used to be called Religious Science or Church of Religious Science, but that created too much misunderstanding. We are now Centers for Spiritual Living. And our teaching is called the Science of Mind and Spirit, or sometimes shortened and simplified as simply the Science of Mind. Now, we are also a part of what's called the New Thought Movement, or Ageless Wisdom New Thought Movement. But let, I want to be very clear from the outset, we are not Christian science, and we are not Scientology. Uh, we'll tell you more next week of the other things that we're not, but let's, let's stand on those two right there. <laughs> In 1958, Dr. Holmes wrote, We are forerunners in a campaign of spiritual freedom, intellectual integrity, and emotional stability in a spiritual world. It is our privilege to take part in a new spiritual renaissance. A new spiritual renaissance, despite the chaotic, divisive, challenging times at hand. I say to you that this spiritual renaissance is gaining momentum, and in large part because of so much that is going on. There will be and there is happening a breakthrough in awareness. So with that background, let's dive into the first basic principle to launch us off, and that is oneness. Our whole teaching is built on the realization that there is one ultimate divine life or energy. Call it whatever you will. There's only one. It is the invisible reality that produces and expresses within all material or outer expression. There's an invisible reality that is the ultimate reality within everything that there is. And Dr. Holmes would sometimes simply call that ultimate invisible reality, that love intelligence permeating the universe, he would simply sometimes just call it the thing itself. 
He said, the study of the science of mind is a study of first cause, spirit, mind, or that invisible essence, that ultimate stuff and intelligence from which everything comes, the power back of creation, the thing itself. And in a tract he wrote called What We Believe, which we now hold as uh, our Declaration of Principles, in the first stanza he says, We believe in God, the living Spirit Almighty, one indestructible, absolute, and self-existent cause. This one manifests itself in and through all creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. The manifest universe is the body of God. It is the logical and necessary outcome of the infinite self-knowingness of God. So he's saying one ultimate, infinite, creative source. Now you can call this God, but if that has harkens back to too much old baggage for you, you could call it spirit or truth or the beloved or divine mind or the infinite or whatever word works for you because this thing itself transcends all names and labels. But what we get to go beyond is the old idea of an angry, scary, disinterested, separated old man in the skies as the source of it all. But that instead we realize that the divine God is the essence of all that is and vibrates within all that is and transcends all that is. All of creation... is in varying degrees the positive essence and expression of the one life. Now Deepak Chopra in his his great book, The Future of God, he says what God actually is? Pure awareness, pure intelligence, pure creativity, infinite potential, unbounded possibilities, bliss, Self-organization, infinite correlation, all matter and energy in a virtual state. And you can say, whoa, it's blowing my mind. Well, let's just keep it simple. (laughs) One love and intelligence birthing all of life and living within it. All right? Well, then let's move to the next key idea. And that has to do with you and me. You are not some isolated... creation in a meaningless universe. You are an expression of the one life. You are an expression of the one life. That's why it says in the Bible, in God, we live, move, and have our being. And in Ephesians, it says, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. How it is traditional religions have gotten into a separated God, I have no idea, but how good it is to come home to that one God above, through, and in us all. Again, Dr. Holmes said, God has made you out of himself. The only material he had was the spiritual substance of his own being. The only mind he had to implant in you was his mind. The only spirit he had to implant was his own spirit. We must unify our mentalities with pure spirit. We must recognize the absolute unity of God and man, the oneness. Man is in God, God is in man. It is the recognition Jesus had when he said, I and the Father are one. So with his apologies for the antiquated, non-gender inclusive language of his day, still we get the sense of it, that the one has imparted of itself 
into and as every one of us. There is a God seed at the soul of you unfolding as who you truly are. So we are fundamentally and eternally spiritual beings. We are made of spirit, we are living in spirit, and we are expressing spirit. And one of Dr. Holmes' uh, greatest colleagues, Raymond Charles Barker, I love what he says, this teaching does not make you spiritual. There isn't a church in the world which can make you spiritual. You are already God's image now. Every person is a thinking, creating, inlet and outlet of the action of infinite mind, infinite spirit, and infinite love. Oh, drink that in. It's been a tough time for you. Drink it in. You are not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. You are not wicked and spiteful. You are beloved and purposeful. You are not a worm of the dust. You are an angel of the Spirit. You are not fallen and worthless. You are sacred and limitless. And you are not an original sinner. You are a spiritual winner. And that's the message of science of mind and spirit for your heart. Take it in. Take it in. So uh, the third key then that we'll cover today. God as spirit is conscious life. Conscious life. And at the depths of you and me, so are we fundamentally conscious life. I've always been amused at the the happening in the Bible when Moses was being being given instructions uh, as to how he was to lead the children of Israel. And it was coming from the voice of God speaking through a burning bush. So he received all this input. But before he left to go down and and tell the people what he was commissioned to do, he said, by the way... uh, who am I going to say is sending me to do all this? Which I think is, you know, so human. You know, he was saying, hey, don't make me go down there and tell them I've been talking with a burning bush. Give me a name. I need a name. <laughs> and it's reported the voice of the divine said, I am that I am. Tell them, I am that I am has sent you. There's probably no finer, more pure expression of pure consciousness and beingness. The divine as that which is and always shall be. I am. The I am. And the spiritual you is the I am in you. The God seed in you is the I am of you. Now we have come to understand that all of creation comes forth when the word or idea of God is proclaimed in divine mind and formed through divine law. Now, that's going to be our leap-off place next Sunday. But more than anything, this day, know that your pure consciousness, not all your data from thinking, but your pure consciousness, is the I am of you. And you are a unique creative expression of the divine mind. You are a creative center within the divine mind. And you are a channel for the unfolding of evolution. For you are a creator just as the divine as a creator. For we are made in the image and after the nature and likeness of the divine. Dr. Holmes 
He said, there's one infinite mind from which all things come. This mind is in, through, and around us. It is the only mind there is. And every time we think, we use it. There's one infinite spirit. And every time we say, I am, we proclaim it. The I am of you. Got an affirmation for you here if you'll join me uh, in this. Together. I am pure spirit, creative, loving, free, and eternal. Again, I am pure spirit, creative, loving, free, and eternal. But there's a great challenge that confronts us as we take these basic principles. And it is that humanity seems to be encaged, especially we Westerners, are encaged in a mental reality bubble of fear and separation. So while I can share all of these truths, we are all somewhat programmed into fear and separation. We are participants in a collective trance that has alienated us culturally from the living spirit in all of creation. So we've got to deal with this. Uh, Martin uh, Winiecki calls this a collective firewall of separation in us all. A collective firewall. So we need practices. We need practices on a daily basis, on a regular basis, to reawaken us, to remind us who we really are, to overcome our old programming about who we are, to who we always shall be, and to reconnect us with our creative capacity, which, if we were to believe in it and use it wisely, would know no bounds. We need practices. So I'm going to conclude today with three I am practices for empowerment. I am empowerment practices. And in fact, uh, each of the next three Sundays are going to be different versions of I am empowerment practices. I am today stands for inspiriting, awakening, and morphing. Inspiriting, awakening, and morphing. Let's talk about inspiriting. It might be a phrase that's kind of new to you. For me, it means immersing oneself in an awareness and a feeling of the Spirit. Oh, how important this is in our lives. This is to create for ourselves the experience of at one to remind ourselves, I am so much more than my body. I am more than my past. I am more than my problems. I'm more than my stuff and my money, my status. I'm even more than my dreams. I am spirit. I am spirit, having a human experience. I am a being of light. I'm an expression of the one life. To spend some time doing this allows us to continue our journey from ego to essence. From being caught up in a sense of being a separated self into realizing that we're a unique expression of the one. So we can do some practices with this. In the Bible it says, be still and know that I am God. Now, unraveling that, it says, be still and know the I am. That is God. Remember, God said, I am that I am. So be still so that you can know and connect with that I am 
of you, which is the God presence and the God seed in you. And so to take some time. I mean, we're so busy nowadays, so distracted. We give greater devotion to our cell phones than our spiritual practices. And we reap the whirlwind of this because we don't feel the balance anymore, the clarity. We become fragile and stressed. To be still, if only for 15 minutes. In fact, the shorter the better until it becomes habit. To be still and to know who I really am, to feel into. This is not an intellectual exercise. In fact, to be still means to still the mind and open the heart. And just sense that there's a presence that's always lived you, breathed you, loved you. And to sense that. And to release all that is in alienation or misalignment to that. To be still and know. And to allow it to soften and warm our hearts. And if there's areas of resistance or struggle in our lives, to send loving attention to that. Or if there's areas of pain or sorrow, if there are areas of dreams or desires, send loving attention to that. But coming from a place of realization that I and the Father are one. Love is who I am. I am is who I am. Truth is who I am. This is inspiriting. I tell you, if you will do some inspiriting during this new year, at the end of this year, things will be radically different and better within you, and I affirm without you as well, outside of you. Inspiriting then leads to awakening. And this is a beautiful thing. This is the awakening that comes from hanging out in God consciousness, hanging out in the truth of who you are. We awaken. We awaken to a higher vision of our life. We awaken to the presence of faith, hope, and love in ourselves and in everybody else. We awaken to the original goodness within us and everyone else. We awaken to the the deep dignity of life in everyone and in everything. We awaken. We awaken more fully to the God seed in us and we overcome some of our self-judgment. You know, the acorn holds the pattern of the glorious oak and yet it doesn't go from acorn to oak in one jump. But we think we should, you know, but the acorn has to sprout and there's some agony in the breaking. And then it has to re- push up through the soil that resists it. And then it's a puny little awkward sprout and it's blown by the winds and its leaves eaten off by the animals and it keeps struggling and it isn't pretty. <laughs> but eventually it's its goal. But the truth is that we awaken to it's oak tree all the time. And it's not always pretty as we wend our way down the path of our lives. But we are spirit all the time. And we are whole and beautiful all the time. And so we can awaken to that right where we are. And embrace ourselves. And embrace our life. We walk valiantly, courageously, clearly, not as walking wounded anymore. It's awakening. It's also awakening to the power of spiritual community that it's so difficult to maintain in spiriting unless we come together as a group. Where two or more are gathered, the power is there. The I am is there. invite you to hang out here more fully in this new year and get involved in the courses so that this stuff deepens and becomes real for you. Finally, there is morphing 
the metamorphosis that inevitably occurs when we take our awakened consciousness into the world and we live it in the world. There's a morphing that goes on. You know, we're called to see the face of God in everyone and everything. Where is it, I would ask you, where is it difficult for you uh, to see the face of God? Yeah, come on, don't sit there looking pious at me. I know there have been folks who say, yeah, there's only one life, and that life is God. And I see the face of God, but not you. I am, I'm one with all of life and God, but not that person. The morphing happens when we come back to loving that which we are. Understanding that our own wounding and resisting ego, the times when we weren't saying yes to the I am presence, the truth of who we are, caused us to express it less than the highest ways. We can see the face of God in another, no matter their conditions, and know that they're still expressing their oakness, the God seed within them. And what a beautiful thing that is. In our classes, we teach a four-word mantra to carry in our days. Deeply we are one. Let's say that together. Deeply we are one. And to bring that to your life and to all with whom you interact. I'd like to introduce you to Brian Peterson and Matt Ferris. Uh, Their picture is, is coming up there. Brian Peterson on the left. Matt Ferris there on the right. Now back in 2017... Brian Peterson would pass Ferris every day in Santa Ana. You see, Ferris had been homeless for a decade. Now, passing by Ferris each day began to trouble Peterson. And so he decided to build up his courage and actually talk to Matt Ferris. He says, it was like butterflies in my stomach. I introduced myself and I apologized. I remember saying, I'm sorry for like driving by you a hundred times and never saying hi because you were always outside my building. And Matt Ferris remembers, well, Brian asked me a lot of questions like what I want to do with my life, things that are important to a person. And I told him that I'd moved from Kentucky to be a musician, but that some things didn't work out. Well, during their conversation, the two of them discovered that they really shared the pursuit of art. And and Peterson had kind of gone off course from his art. He was a car designer, but he hadn't lifted a paintbrush uh, in eight years. So in talking to Ferris, he got an inspiration. Out of nowhere, I just asked Matt Ferris, can I paint your portrait? And he said he wasn't photogenic, but I saw the man who moved from Kentucky, the guy who came out here to pursue a career in music. And I hadn't painted in eight years, but he was the first guy that captured my heart and gave me a subject to paint. So they agreed, and he painted his portrait. And here's the portrait that he painted. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it. Wow. Well, when he was done with that painting, Peterson shared that he could easily sell that painting for quite a bit of money. And he asked Ferris what he wanted to do with the proceeds. And he expected Ferris to say, well, I'd like some nights in a hotel or some new shoes or clothes, basics like that. But uh, Ferris said, well, that all sounds nice. But what I really want is I want to record a CD. And so Peterson found a recording studio and in they went. And in that first recording session, he says, I saw Ferris come alive on the piano, the guitar, and singing. And then I remembered that there was no drum set. And I suggested, well, let's just use synthesized drums. And Ferris swatted that idea away and said, no way. And I thought to myself, man, how many areas in my own life have I just given in 
to settling for less. Well, the CD was finished in December of 2017, and it's seen some sales growth. But the real growth is in the friendship of these two incredible people. They both transformed. There was a morphing that went on in both of them. And Peterson told Ferris, he said, I consider you more than a friend. You've shown me that things may not always be what they seem, and that there's a new way of looking at the world. Everyone deserves to be seen with the eyes of love. Everyone deserves to be seen with the eyes of love. This whole experience moved Brian so much that he quit his job and he formed a nonprofit called Faces of Santa Ana. And he now paints portraits of people in the homeless community and donates the proceeds to his subjects. Two people changed by oneness, by love and action. Here's a little soundbite of what Matt Ferris created in his CD called Polar Scale. So you get a sense of what was dormant in him just waiting to be loved into being. Morphing from our inspiriting, soaking in the divine and awakening to the glorious journey of our lives at every stage and giving that gift away. That's the path I invite you to. It's been said that enlightenment is when the wave realizes it's the ocean. Let's do that too. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.